All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 63 of the podcast with Contra Mantis. And I enjoyed this conversation because we talked about a lot of things that aren't usually talked about, such as secret societies, uh, ancient cultures, and a lot more. And I feel like, you know, this stuff should be talked about and uh, it should be known. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation with Contra. And uh, before you do, like the video because it helps out with the channel. Comment down below. Let me know your thoughts. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Contra. <coughs> What's popping, man? Yo, yo. How you doing, brother? Good, man. We were talking about... Well, I want to really get into the conspiracy stuff. But before we do that, I want to get to like... Even just... Even get to know you because I feel like I don't know you. Um, your love for art in general when did that start man since a little mehi bro yeah probably like as far back as i can remember man i always like to draw you know what i mean paper pen paper pencil markers you know what i'm saying um i used to draw my toys bro you know what i mean when i was little set it up bam and then just like try to draw the toy so you know art has always been dope i've always liked cartoons since i was little you know what i mean and so the love for the art probably came from cartoons first toys and then evolved man you know but i've loved art pretty much my whole life what and, kind of, and music too what kind of uh toys were you drawing um shit man the first early toys what was it probably like ninja turtles you know um shredder you know he was dope to draw uh, we get transformers and stuff nah i never really no. got, had the transformers man what else did i have i had random ass toys man maybe like you know x-men you know wolverine you know shit like that it was always dope to draw you could always put them in a different position i mean it never looked like the actual toy you know what i mean but the attempt and you yeah. know over the years you get better but uh yeah man drawing toys drawing cartoons you know i used to draw like marvin the martian uh oh shit yeah you know just old school comics man you know it was always dope to draw mm. and you learn color scheme you know and then after a while you can like memorize how to draw them. that's interesting uh i remember when i was a kid too uh i would just copy i would try and trace logos and shit like skateboard logos mm -hmm. like uh world industries like element right. stuff yeah i remember they look like little emojis yeah little emojis like the fire, <laughs> you got the fire emoji yeah. the water emoji that's right they probably got the emoji the fire emoji from uh world industries probably actually, now that i think about it <laughs> freaking classic hell yeah man but yeah you know the love of art you know came since a youngin i mean when'd you get into art bro or, or music better um music was damn i, I was probably introduced to music by my sister Cause she would always bump like, like the game and and like R and B, Nelly, mm -hmm. Usher, all that stuff. Damn sister uh, was hood bumping. Yeah, game, she was bro? hood. Yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, fuck. What else? And then I went to my first ever Warp tour mm. in 2008. That was my first ever concert. I was like 12 and 13. Okay. And then just being in the front, uh, like dudes were moshing and shit. Mm -hmm. Like dudes were crowd surfing, and I'm 13, and I got like kicked in the face. Yeah, and yeah. I think that kind of introduced me just to, to music, you know, the vibes. Um, just yeah, that's why I love live music. That's right. Who'd you go to see a Warp tour, bro? Or you just went to go? Uh, it was thing? well, Katy Perry. Uh, that year, Katy Perry was there. 
Katy Perry was there, and I didn't know her at the time, which, you know, I was 12, 13. Mm -hmm. uh, Shwayze was there. First time hearing Shwayze. Uh, fuck. 303 was there. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was some dope-ass uh, bands. How'd you get into hip-hop, though? Hip-hop? Uh, yeah, it was probably my sister. Yeah? Was that after, like, the Warped Tour years? That was, like, kind of during. It was, like, mixed. And then, uh -huh. you know, for my dad as well, bumping sublime bumping bob marley uh metallica like just a bunch of rock and shit Hell yeah the heavy shit yeah the heavy shit that's right um and it wasn't until i started producing and just listening to different stuff like kit cuddy uh kanye uh fuck who else dude yeah it was just classic oh, yeah. stuff that's what dope. about you um shit like what what i grew up listening to yeah um shit i grew up listening to actually rap music man yeah uh my older brother and you know he would always play it on the radio since i was young bro like shoot my parents are from mexico bro so they didn't really bump hip-hop but like we would listen to the radio and through the like the 90s they were playing a bunch of hip-hop you know mm -hmm. so i remember being like kindergarten first grade you know knowing how to uh you know rehearse these rap lyrics man it was amazing you know, it was a whole new world, bro. I didn't know what, what they were saying, but mm -hmm. I thought it was intriguing. Um, you know, so all the Ice Cubes, you know, Mac-10, Dubsy, Ice-T, Scarface, um, you know, basically, you know, the whole West Coast, you know, era in the 90s, you know. And then when I got introduced to Wu-Tang back in like seventh grade, I was like, damn, this shit's different. You know what I mean? It was just different. Uh, I still didn't know what they're talking about, but the feel was different, and that's the shit that actually made me want to rap. You know, it's like East Coast music. Mm, was it more like more raw, or was it like I, you think it was more raw? Or I think it was that more energy. Raw. It was more raw, man. Uh, you know, the way in retrospect now that I look at it, it's like West Coast has always been like the heart. It's about how you say it. Mm. It's not about what you say necessarily. It's about how you say it. <clears throat> and on the East Coast, it's more about what you say, not how you say it. You know, so East Coast traditionally has been, you know, like jazz samples. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, boom bap jazz samples and not a lot of bass. You know, they didn't really emphasize the bass too much, That's you know, right. yeah. um, and hip and, and the West Coast shit was more like, OK, soul. it was slapping, bro. It was slapping. It was funk. You know what yeah. I mean? It, it like derived from the funk era. So you hear big ass snares like Roger and Zap, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and big heavy bass lines. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. it wasn't about uh, what you're saying necessarily, it's how you said it, you know what I mean? How you said it, and I would also add like how you feel, like the feeling too, right? Right, right, yeah. it's an overall feeling for sure. Yeah. So yeah, man, like the East Coast shit made me want to rap. Um, I think it was just because of the complexity of the lyrics, you know? And when you listen to groups like Wu-Tang, man, you, you really hear, um, you know, philosophy in there, you know what I mean? And you hear little traces of, um, like the, the Muslim faith, you know what I oh, mean? Interesting. You know, so so early on in hip hop, you know, you had you know people like Rakim, you know what I mean, and uh, people who you know there was a lot more Muslim faith integrated into the music. Mm. And what what were they teaching? The twelve jewels, you know, freedom, justice, equality, love, peace, and happiness, food, clothing, and shelter. You know, like the twelve jewels. Mm. And you start learning these things, you're like, what is the twelve jewels? Yeah, you yeah. know, there's a lot about knowledge of self. Yeah, you know, in, in the music, so. You know, growing up doing martial arts as well, my pops was into Taekwondo at a young age. And uh, so I got into it. 
And uh, so you hear these things about discipline and all that and the music, and it's crazy because then you see them mixing in the martial arts with the hip hop. I oh, thought that was some fly shit. Yeah, 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 that was some fly shit. I was like, damn. And they're sampling it too. You could do yeah. that. <laughs> you know, like it was a whole new world, man. So also uh, to add on to that too, like the East Coast has that conscious, like more conscious hip hop as well. I, f- I feel like. Right. Yeah, you know, overall, I think. You know, to to get to be real, like in retrospect now, when you think about it, like in the late 80s, you know, they had like the Queen Latifahs, you know, Mm -hmm. they had uh, KRS-One, Big Daddy Kane, Cool G Rap. You know, you had these voices that were speaking of knowledge itself and and uh, truth to power. You had public enemy, you know what I mean? You know, speaking about the issues in the hoods and politics. And, you know, there was the infamous meeting in 1991 that I'm sure you know about um, where there was a record executive who, you know, wrote a letter in recent times talking about a meeting that took place in 1991 where they chose to push more gangster rap, you know, and it was held by suited individuals. They don't really say who it was. They don't know who it was. Interesting. But uh, the whole point was to allow all the gangster rap shit through, all the pimp rap shit through, all all the... um, just the thug shit, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And 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 looking at it now in retrospect, 1991, after that, you pretty much had, uh, you know, all the gangster rap flourish. You know, a lot of, a lot of labels like were NWA signing. And well, NWA was before. They were in the 80s. Oh, you that know, was that, 80s. Okay. That's I why I think they're, they're pivotal, you know, like Ice Cube, NWA, they're pivotal in this. Because uh, even in the early 90s, man, after NWA, Ice Cube was dropping like death certificate. You know, lethal injection where mm-hmm. he's talking about a lot of politics shit, a lot of against the war shit, mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, fuck George Bush, you know, he's, yeah. you know, and Reagan bringing in crack into the neighborhood like they were talking about these these uh, situations. And then after that, you know, Cube got more just gangster with it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But it bred a whole generation yep. throughout the 90s of, of some gangster ass shit. And, and then you look at you know, um, all the violence that was going on at the time and kind of like the music would fuel that, you know, in a sense, you know, I'm not saying it was responsible because everybody, you know, everybody is responsible for themselves. But what I'm saying is people that were in that lifestyle that were already living that life, you know, they would bump some gangster ass shit before they go put in work. You know what I mean? Yep. And so now we know it was kind of like a destruction of the hoods, just like it was when they imported crack into the neighborhoods, just like we know how, Quintel Pro dismantled the Black Panthers, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and the Weather Underground. And so these government programs that were meant to like separate the unity that was being built. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I feel like music, you know, before it happened to hip hop, it happened to rock music. You know what I mean? They perverted mm-hmm. rock music over the years. And, um, you know, the result, you know, after everything is okay, now we have some polished ass rock, but it's also like very. Uh, how can you say it's very uh, heathenistic, bro? You know what I mean? They just mm. live a wild ass life. You know, well, kind of like mean? with jazz too and stuff. How jazz it started off with most. Well, I don't know if it was mostly African Americans, mm-hmm. but then yep. you know it's, it evolved into I don't know a more polished sound, like you were saying, right? And then uh, disco as well. I think. Yeah, I think disco. it happened at disco. Yeah, you know, you could say that. I think that every kind of music in the industry, ever since like the fifties, bro, like has been manipulated into being uh you know kind of just more your own rules kind of shit and like kind of against religion in a sense you know what i mean if you look at it like you know the the country was hella like 
Christian yeah. and Catholic. Like, yeah, that's faith, what it was founded faith, on. Faith was so much more uh, strong back in the day, right? Yeah. And then the music, you know, how do you get through to righteous people? You know what I mean? You get through, you, you can't really, you know, movies weren't really doing it. So the music kind of slowly perverted people, started changing people, uh, opinion on shit. Mm. And if you really think about it, man, artists are really at the top of the, uh, uh, you know, as as far as being influencers, you know, artists oh, yeah. are the, the influencers, man. You look back in the ancient days, yep. you know, nobody wanted to do what the philosophers did or what the clergy members did. They didn't care, man. They looked towards the musicians and the artists. Those are the rock stars back in the day. Mm. And so, you know, we as a country and, and, and a government understand the power of having artists, you know, and that's why artists are so censored. They can't say this. They, they can't touch on politics. You know, their managers and their people tell them, nah, don't talk about it. It's going to ruin your image, you know, because they understand that, you know, the influence that artists have over the populace, bro. You know what I'm saying? Well, even even just uh, I think it was World War Two in like the 1940s when the standard uh, tuning of music was changed from 442 to oh yeah it was changed from like 432 to 442 to kind of mess up right. the frequency and the vibrations. Right, so. right. I think that happened uh, a little bit before, you know, uh, according to what I my understanding. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it was in the 40s at some time where it was official. Somewhere, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that's very interesting because, you know, if you understand vibration and you understand frequency, you understand 440 is at a slight disbalance, you mm. know, and, uh, 432 Hertz is a multiple of the earth frequency. Yeah. I, I believe the ground frequency is eight, uh, eight gigahertz frequency. You know what I mean? Eight Hertz. Uh, and so, yeah, man, it's interesting because, you know, Pythagoras, famous philosopher mm -hmm. master teacher you know master he mathematician yeah i mean he was a master in many ways you yeah. know he was known for having multiple instruments and healing people with them you know so he would have like this harp with one string perfectly tuned right mm -hmm. and people would go to him if you're having trouble in your marriage if you're uh, had a sickness you know mental mental illness you know and he would play these vibrations and heal people he's been known to heal people that were blinded or, um, you know, that had different sicknesses, you know what I mean? I th always thought that was interesting because he was healing with frequency. Yeah. And it was proven. Yeah. And now we understand, you know, as life goes on, now we understand the relation between frequency and the sacred geometric shapes. What I think also is that Pythagoras and all these, like, you can call them prophets or whatever, all went to Egypt to study the, this ancient, whatever it is, at, at the pyramids. Some say yeah. they were uh, initiated at the pyramids and stuff egypt was a trip man they were ahead in so many ways ancient kemet you know what i mean yeah um you know they you know a lot of the mystery schools and that's what i feel like the knowledge of the masons you know yeah, they, they, they took a that. lot of the information from egyptian um you know the ancient egyptian wisdom and the druids and you know uh everywhere else you know what i mean the um knights of templar you know what i mean so they they have been known to take information, ancient knowledge, and really what it is 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 amongst other things is how to manipulate frequency, how to manipulate energy. What are the true forces of this world, man? You know, mm -hmm. and so that's real important, you know, because you see it in their symbolism, man. They be rocking like Egyptian the symbols, Templar. yeah. You know, they rock all the ancient symbols, yeah. And then the Masons say, oh, we're a Christian group, or like you know, we we we, we we're just trying to be better men. I think know? there's like levels to it where at the, at the lower levels it's like. They, they say that but then behind 100. that it's like the actual real shit that's going on right like the dark shit 
Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, there's been a few people that defected from the Masons over the years. You know, one of the most recent that I know of is uh, Altian Childs. Mm. He's an Australian musician. He won like the competition kind of like The Voice, you know, but it was an Australian version of The Voice. You know what I mean? Okay. So he's a singer. And uh, in like 2015, you know, his dad was on his deathbed and he was a 32nd degree Mason and he was going to do his initiation for the 33rd. And like you said, you can be a mason up to 32 degrees and really not know what it's really about you know uh and if you look at the literature you know you read you know manly p hall you know um you read albert pike's literature you know um, nicholas rourke you know there's these characters very prominent masons that wrote a lot of literature in their own writing in their own books they actually mention you know more specifically manly p hall um, you know, at the end of one of his books, he reveals that uh, at 33 degrees, you feel the seething power of Lucifer. And that's undeniable. You know, I think that um, traditionally religions have been a way to siphon people's energy, you know, um, to, 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 to look exterior for, for the power when really the power of the universe is within you know mm. down to the atoms man the atoms reflect you know kind of how planets are formed you know yeah. and so it's just interesting because um Who's yeah you know pe- uh alistair crowley too oh yeah alistair crowley see that's there's a reason why alistair crowley you know in the uh, music industry most definitely too oh yeah man i mean there's there's a, there's a few people in the industry who have came out and just said this shit's evil you know in order to reach the highest levels you know you got to well, sacrifice certain shit yeah, there, there's uh, the music, the politics. I feel like they're all connected. And in order to get into those positions of power, you have to do some evil ass shit just to 100%, get to the top. 100%. And I've heard a few different things. You know, I've heard a few. And it's interesting always to hear. But you hear about those people that were like, damn, confronted with that question. They're like, fuck that, man. Dude, there was this, go- there was this dude. Uh, he was an international banker named. Fuck, what's his name? Uh, anyways. He uh, was invited to a child sacrifice. Mm. That dude said, fuck no. Oh, was he speaking in like another language? Yeah. I heard that, yeah, bro. Yeah, he yeah. started like breaking down crying. Yeah, almost, he started huh? crying, dude. So like him, seeing him cry like that, seeing him be that emotional tells me that I don't think he's bullshitting. Right. There's a lot of those though, bro. Yeah. There's a lot of people that defected like that. One of the things that I heard is... um it was one of three things that you have to do, right? One of them is you either have to um, fuck with a child, mm-hmm. right? Or or you get fucked. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or you got to sacrifice someone close to you. You know, because each of those three things, you know, um, kind of put a stranglehold on, like, you know, they got you. Because you do either of the it's first blackmail. two. Yeah, it's a blackmail. Yeah. And then the third is like, damn, you know, you had to give up something, you know, real close to you, you know, mm-hmm. family member, brother, sister, you know, wife you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah i totally believe that shit man it's evil and uh you know i understand why they got to keep such a tight stranglehold on it because um they can't just let anybody through the door you know they tempt people with the with the extreme success and all that shit and you know at the end of the day man music is spiritual bro and you're moving people you have the ability to change people's opinions you have the ability to make people's day and life better and your people are recording memories in their life along with their music Mm -hmm. you know so you can listen to a certain song that'll remind you when you were seven years old yeah you know that'll remind you of high school you know that'll remind you of last year you know so the you know songs are embedded with our memories as well 
And also it's, you know, again, a way to get through to people, you know, whatever the message is, you know? Mm. And so I think that, uh, you know, it carries a lot of energy, bro. And it has, it carries a lot of responsibility too, bro. It does. I also like to think that um, when you're making a song, you're like packaging all this like energy and frequency into a song. And I don't know, it's, it's wild and Mm -hmm. it enters someone's ear and it goes like into their mind. And well, have you ever been like driving or some shit and you're thinking about something in life and you're listening to a song and all of a sudden, like your mind's thoughts start deriving, you know, they start like, um, you know, dwelling on the lyrics of Mm. the song you're listening to. So it really influences your thoughts, what you're thinking. You, you might be working, you know, cleaning up shit and you're thinking of this one lyric from some song that you that you were listening to in the car. Yeah. And you're like, why am I why am I listening to this? You know, why why am I, you know, saying this? That's the influence. And that's why I like instrumental music a lot, you know, mm. because when you listen to instrumental music, it gives you the feeling, you know, but it, it you know, it doesn't give you the lyrics that'll influence your your thoughts. Yeah. So you're able to live in the in the feeling of the song with your thoughts uninterrupted. You know mm. what I'm saying? You could imagine your own life, your own day. You, you could plan shit out. When you I have a dude li- with spitting lyrics all the time, you know, it just influences <laughs> your thoughts more often. I think that's very important. Um, a good point that you mentioned is that being aware of what you're listening to and how it influences you. And, you know, like you said earlier in this conversation, uh, the music that is pushed upon the people is mostly negative. I mean, even on the radio and stuff, that's what's pushed. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, it's low vibrational, man. They yeah. always touch on the most low vibes, so that's sex and violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just with that in mind, just being aware and, and how that influences you, so that you can make a conscious decision in order to, I don't know, be just have a higher frequency. Right. Yeah. And you think about it too. Um, you know. You know, I grew up in the hood, you know, a lot of people grew up in the hood, you know, and I think that, um, you know, certain music when they when they talk about a lot of violence and shit and a lot of sex, you know, but mainly violence. You know, I think that a lot of us in the neighborhood, we feel like, okay, that's what it is then. And we want to replicate that behavior when we're young. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But, um, you know, people who don't live that life in the suburbs, you know, fucking, you know white people in yeah. general you know what i mean they listen to hip-hop and they're not trying to bang bang on a motherfucker mm-hmm. and they're not trying to ride on a rival hood there might be one out of a few but they understand it's just music they yeah. have fun with it and it seems like people in the hood we can't sometimes separate uh the music from reality you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and maybe it could it could be because we live in that reality and we think oh well this is it this is the soundtrack to this shit you know um but yeah man it kind of hypnotizes people you know i've seen it you know, people that want to be hard, bro. They hear a certain kind of rap music, you know. They bump in like some Brother Lynch or some crazy shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then they, they, they want to wild out like that. They think that's what it is. Some uh, 3-6 Mafia. Yeah. Like, start getting into lean and stuff. Exactly, bro. And you see how powerful it is, you know. Cause, yeah. Because to go back to, to the late 80s, early 90s, when they were talking all that righteous shit, knowledge of self shit, you know what I mean? That made people want to be righteous and have knowledge of self and speak truth to power do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it was powerful and yeah, then you yeah. fast forward now everybody wants to trap everybody wants to hustle you know what i'm saying everybody wants you know it became you know from hustlers to addicts bro you know now now, mm. now they normalize in drug use you know and so yeah, you, you tough, catch a little man. kid you catch a little kid middle school kid listening 
he's gonna want to try that shit too he thinks that's what it is you know what i mean i remember uh like 2014 i was a junior in high school and uh people be on zans and shit mm-hmm. on zannies i'm like bro that's fucking tough. zombies on campus yeah huh? man that's tough dude. <laughs> and that's a problem bro because i mean i've seen uh, homies of mine that got fucking addicted to zans early then they started doing other shit and there's certain people that i went to school with that are homeless bro and i see them that shit's sad bro and i'm like bro you were a dope ass skater dude you were fucking cool ass kid in high school you know what i mean and now you know it kind of just led down that hill and so if one doesn't have you know the discipline and and uh also the family structure you know what i mean to help you uh have the discipline you know what i mean then you can fall to that shit i think uh the plan and i'm sure you know this of like the whole new world order is to like you said the family structure is to get rid of that family structure 100 100 i mean like like we said earlier with the rock music you know what i mean rock was you know most most jazz hip-hop um rock that was all started by black people you know what i mean and then later on, you know, other people integrated, changed it, got industrialized, you know. And so when rock music was taken, you know, it got perverted and it became about sex, drugs and rock and roll. You know, the destruction of the family structure. Same with hip hop, you know, started out as something righteous, you know, same with fucking, you know, the, 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 the civil rights movements back in the day, you know, whether it be, um, you know, the, the Panthers, you know, whether it be like uh the farm worker movement you know all that kind of just got dismantled over time infiltrated and uh it's a sad story there's still core people that 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 fight for that you know but i think overall the technique they use is to infiltrate it from within you know what i mean destroy mm-hmm. it from within and but yeah family structure divide and conquer divide and conquer and and that's what we're living through right now you know yeah divide especially and conquer. shout out to heck for that we have a song called that uh, divide and conquer that's right it's real shit shout out heck <laughs> um so this the beginning of the pandemic i feel like that was the move to really start taking over as far as like uh the lockdowns as far as you know all these mandates all you know the vaccine passports yeah the the, i feel like the start of the one world government that you know is their ultimate goal well, yeah, dude, I think uh, it's been in works for many, many years now. Yeah. And uh, it's been these secretive groups, you know, these fraternal orders that, that keep the same plan. I think that, that was just the declaration. I think it's been incremental. You know, one thing I like to uh, like chop it up with people about when I think about it is like, you know, there was an old Biggie lyric that was like, it's time to get paid, blow up like the World Trade, mm-hmm. born center, the opposite of it. Remember that shit? Yeah, yeah. So World Trade Center was actually bombed in like 1991, I believe. They set off a bomb in the World Trade Towers in 1991, but it only killed like a few people. So it wasn't enough to pass anti-terror legislation. And that was Bush Sr. You think about it, we were in... Uh, that was the Patriot Act, right? That's we were, no, that was that 2001. Was 2001. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about 1991. Yeah, yeah. So the, the World Trade Center got... They detonated explosives at the, in the basement only killed a few people and then a few months later we had the oklahoma city bombing they passed legislation anti-terror legislation but you think about it we're in desert storm we're in the middle east Mm -hmm. at that time you know what i mean and it would have been an easy ticket to just boom embrace that and go and go straight hard but then 10 years later then we had 9-11 and it actually came down then we passed the patriot act we passed fisa we gave more powers to the tsa Mm -hmm. and so it's an incremental loss of your rights 
slowly but surely and there was a quote it's like you slowly start taking away people's rights and, mm-hmm. until they don't notice it until it's too late or some shit like 100%. that. hundred percent slow stranglehold. So to go back to that. So we're 10 years behind schedule is what I believe. Right. So it was supposed to come down in 91 came down in 2001. If you remember back in 2010 or 11, we had the swine flu epidemic. Yep. You remember that H1N1 H1N1. Right. And so I was, I was going to Mexico at that time. I had already bought my ticket. And when I heard that the breakout was in Mexico City, I was like, oh, shit, man, I don't know if I want to go. And I was tripping on it. I called my cousins. I was like, yo, how is it over there? You know anybody with it? You know, uh, how's the situation? And they said, well, the streets are empty, but they didn't know anybody who had it. And so I chose to go anyways. The city was like very empty. It felt really odd, bro. Imagine New York, like with no people walking around. Barely. I've seen that, uh, it, well, this year or these past few years in L.A., the streets were empty. Mm-hmm. And so um, what the result was, the H1N1, is that a few people got vaccinated and a lot of people ended up dying off of that vaccine. So they canceled the whole program, you know, and then we then it kind of faded away. H1N1. Ten years later, now we have, you know, this covid. Right. And yeah. so there, there's been people who, um, you know, have read certain documents, man, whether it be the Rockefeller Foundation or whether it be, um, you know, it's the WHO one event, event 201. Exactly. Uh, agenda agenda 21, 20, 2030, I think. Yeah. Well, agenda 2030 is from 2020 to 2030. That's right. Yeah. And agenda 21 is a bigger plan for the 21st century, but you're absolutely right. It's yeah. all part of the yeah, same it's all, thing. Yeah. Um, which but, is the world health organization, uh, the world economic forum mm-hmm. led by Klaus Schwab, that fucking mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. The, the, the full, uh, you know, he's advocating for, uh, you know, he's saying that by 2030, we'll own nothing and be happy. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? It's ridiculous. And, you know, they put the truth right in your face. You know, part of me really believes that they have to state these things. Yep. They, it, it's part of the law, right? It it's, is. It's, the, it's a karmic law. law. Yeah. It's a karmic law. And, and and they're operating. These are occultist people we're dealing with. And, and that's, that's a way. Uh, it's a loophole in the karmic yep. law, right? So if I tell you what is going to happen then i can't uh, possibly you can't be you can't be uh the re- repercussions the karma exactly can't get you're back not going to you. get the repercussions because yeah. you were notified and so a lot of times they put these messages in movies you know what i'm saying in tv shows and it's like boom we told you and or they'll do it in a form of comedy you know what i mean so the people will know they'll, they'll be they'll be notified but they don't believe it because it's in the form of entertainment and then people chalk it up it's just entertainment mm. So, yeah, man, I think that a lot of things that are happening right now, they've been published in documents. You know, we understand that a lot of information has been suppressed. You know, we have a lot of secret government programs that have been run off of, um, you know, secret money. You know, black projects that have been funded off of drug money, to be real. You know, back back in the 80s during Ronald Reagan, we had the thing where we were importing cocaine from Nicaragua right to sell to the populace in america taking that money and buying weapons for the sandinista army in nicaragua to overthrow the government you know what i mean and uh it was a whole scandal oliver north all that shit but uh that money was also used to fund black projects you know what i mean to build these underground bases that's where to bill cooper you know what i mean people who have spoken about this um and it's still going on to this day man you know the the drug market and the cia is is a big culprit in that too SCIA, fbi mm-hmm. all the three letter words yeah all the acronyms yeah all the acronyms <laughs> there you go freaking yeah. um even uh 
they supplied weapons to ISIS as well. Of course, man. We trained Al Qaeda, ISIS, you know, and this is shit that people don't even fucking know about. Like, yeah, you know, it kills me because when I hear people talk about terrorism and all this shit and 9-11 and then there's movies made of 9-11, the real truth or you know, and then you have this fat ass book of the 9-11 report mm. and nothing in this fat ass book talks about building seven who just came down like a controlled demolition. Interesting. You know what I mean? They, they don't mention anything about the thermite. That's an yep. explosive compound found in the buildings to build they don't mention, steel beams. Yeah. They don't mention anything about the steel beams being cut at an angle. You have people who are who are demolitionists, bro, that are like, yep, controlled demolition. That's how we'd cut. We cut the beams. They told the firefighters, bro, there was no poisonous chemicals here and those are the real heroes of 9-11 mm-hmm. you know firefighters that went in there and actually saved lives and these people were you know they ended up with lung cancers and all kinds of crazy cancers and now and then we found out later that there was thermite and other explosive compounds and then we didn't want to give them health benefits do you know what i'm saying there's a whole movement of people trying to get these firefighters health benefits you know because they got these crazy cancers and shit and uh that just shows that america really didn't give a fuck and didn't consider them heroes because the least you can do is give them health benefits and now most of them are dead bro you know and that was like 20 years ago but uh yeah it sucks man you know government says one thing and then does another thing you know so we're just living in the new age 9-11 right now you know what i mean fuck you know what blew my mind is uh the monsters inc shit with mm. how they scared little children to uh get their energy and and uh essentially it's a it's an equivalent to uh what is it called the fucking that the elites use well the uh fuck the spiritual force that that uh you know in the islamic faith they call them jinn you know and other people call them um adrenochrome know. that's what it was okay so, so it's an equivalent to adrenochrome <clears throat> So not everything, you know, adrenochrome is the process of extracting uh, traumatized blood and consuming it. You know, yeah. when the when the uh, when the blood is filled with um, a, another substance, it becomes adrenochrome. It's kind of an adrenaline. What we're talking about is a spiritual vampirism. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, when you operate in fear, you're in fight or flight. So on, on a biological level, you stop producing cells because you're like, yo. This is instinct. I got a fire fly. You know what I mean? And um, so what happens is when people are in a state of fear, they, they stop evolving, but they're also susceptible to spiritual entities that attach themselves to them and feed off of that fear, that anger, anything low vibrational. Yeah. You know, um, and so that's one way like you stop, a, you know, a populace from evolving and reaching their full potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that um, when I talk about this kind of shit, <laughs> people have brought up monsters inc you know and i'm like what the fuck i've never seen that you never movie. seen it never seen that oh, movie, okay. man. you know and to be honest i really don't have an interest in seeing it i get the message you know what i mean um but i think i'm just into deeper shit i like to get deeper to the source and and it's it's cute that they're giving us the clues you know they're yeah. telling us yeah, yeah in another way what they're doing you know what i mean and so everything is fear-based you know you keep people in fear and they'll they'll actually operate and do what you want them to do it's easier to control them you know uh, there's one thing called the hegelian dialectic crisis precipitates change problem reaction solution and this is a a phrase that is embraced by a lot of fraternal orders a lot of um, secret societies you know they believe they can engineer society with this uh crisis uh what did they call it? problem 
Yeah, and then they create the solution. And then, and then the people react, and then they give them the solution. Mm -hmm. And so that's how our populace has been changed slowly, you know, ever since the 9-11 thing and, and the COVID thing. And people will never get their rights back is the thing, you know. That's, that, oh, uh, go ahead. No, well, I'm just saying that, that they it's an incremental thing. So yeah. people are like, oh, when is it going to go back to normal? Ain't no normal no more, you know. Do you know anything about uh, 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 Babylon and like Zion and stuff? Because uh, some people say that America is, is Babylon in a way, but I don't right. I don't know too much about that. Well, the reason why they say that is because um, Babylon was a very rich city. You know, they had a lot of shit made in gold. It was a lot of splurging. You know, there was a lot of um, sexual, uh, you know, freedom, you know, you can say. And there was a lot of overconsumption. You know, there's a documentary called The Four Horsemen that explains it really well. And basically, it's modern day Babylon. You know, ba the story of the Tower of Babel was built. You know, that's metaphoric for um, a, a, a older story, which goes back to the Sumerian times, you know, of, you know, if you look at the Sumerian kings list, you know, there's two uh, Sumerian kings named Enki and Enlil and they're brothers and their father was Anu. And this is the one of the very first recorded civilizations. And so they had this workforce called the Ijiji that were mining on Mars. But the Ijiji were all males. And so the Ijiji ended up rebelling against them. Like, fuck that, man. We ain't working no more. We didn't even have any females. You know what I mean? So there's a big-ass war on Mars. Boom. That happens. Enki and Enlil were like, yo, we got to, uh, you know, modify the humanoids so they can mine for us. Mine gold and all that shit. And, and so they gave us their essence. That's what they say. The essence, you know, could mm -hmm. be a part of their gene. They dipped out. We as humans, you know, the Sumerians, you know, um, built you know, something right huge because they came back and they're like, damn, these motherfuckers like they have our essence, but they're like competing with us on this level where they're intelligent and they're trying to build a tower to go out outer space, you know, and that's kind of like the story of Babel. Yeah. You know, um, amongst all the other things they are like, boom, let's create a great flood, wipe it out and start all over again. Um, but yeah, Babylon and and, you know, even Rome, bro, I see the similarities with the United States. You know, a lot of overconsumption, you know, uh, they push sex hell of a lot. You know, there's a big wealth divide. Um, but check that shit out, man. The four horsemen, yeah, yeah. four horsemen, you know, breaks down four really good points as to, you know, why America is similar. United States, let's say not America, because America is the whole uh, two continents. You know what I'm saying? Um, but it explains point by point why the similarities between United States and Rome. It's crazy. And yeah, it's going down, literally. Well, a uh, few points. The Four Horsemen is, is in the Revelations, right? Mm. I think. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so I believe. And then, and then uh, also, Behold the Pale Horse, too. Right. As well. William Cooper, shout yeah. out. Yeah, I had that book uh, back in the day, man. And uh, it was a great book. For those of you who don't know, man, William Cooper, you know, he was a geologist and he worked for the United States government. And in the early 90s, he actually built, uh, I believe he said, 133 underground military uh, bases connected by Mach 2 magnetoleviton trains. And uh, they're all interconnected. They all needed maintenance here and there. And there's an infamous story that Will Cooper said. And the way they start building these bases is they dig four big ass holes. And then they connect tunnels, connecting those four holes, and then they expand outwards. Mm. And he said one time that they're doing, a, they're, you know, starting a base, and there's a nasty smell coming up. And so they would send little probes down there to kind of check it out, and they would never come back. 
And so they're like, damn. So they sent, you know, um, 133 Green Berets with a handful of scientists and engineers. And they went down there and they actually had a confrontation with what people would call the Greys, right? Is this in Antarctica? No, this is in the United States. Dulce is in Dulce Air Force Base in in New Mexico, I believe. And this is the early 90s. And uh, so what he said was he was uh, he got on the lift and he he got uh, carried down with another few Green Berets. They had a confrontation with some alien greys. Alien gray did something like this to his stomach and projected a beam from his chest. And that beam was like microwaving these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so he killed a few Green Beret. He says he shot the, uh, the the creature. He bled. But the Green Beret pushed him on the lift and sent him up. And he survived. Green Beret died, right? Mm. Um, so, you know, Will Cooper has like, he had like three fingers. You know, he definitely had the proof that, you know, he started to get microwaved. You know what I mean? His toes. Um, so, and then he got like certain uh, intestinal issues since that day. His health got deteriorated that day. You know what I mean? Ever since Damn. then. But, I mean, he says a lot of different stories, bro, and uh, is firsthand witness to that. Whether people believe it or not, if you read Behold the Pale Horse, there's so many other, va- uh, like, valid stories and valuable information in that book, man. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned the Great Flood as well. There's uh, there's scientific evidence that there was a there was a, either an asteroid impact or uh, around that time uh, something great happened. They're, they're like the Missoula Floods. Could have been a polar shift. A polar shift. Mm-hmm. But there is evidence of uh, a great flood that happened 10,000 or like 11,000 years ago. 100%. And if you think about the earth, man, the earth, you know, if you think about like a soccer ball, we inhabit the outside of the soccer ball, but there's so much more space inside the ball. And that's how earth is, bro. You've heard of Agartha, right? Inner no. earth. So Agartha is another name for inner earth, right? And the earth is separated in layers, but not like how they tell us. There was a, a military man by the name of Admiral Byrd. People could look this up. I believe his name was Admiral Byrd, where he flew into the, he was flying over the North Pole, and he ended up um, flying into this place called Agartha, which was an inner earth area. His plane kind of just got taken over, and uh, he saw um, a, a, another earth within the earth that had its own sun, lush trees different plants and it had different beings living on there you know and um if you think about the magnetic waves of the earth it's a torus right so there's a circle and the energy goes up through the middle comes out and then it goes in through the yeah, bottom yeah. right yeah, yeah and so for us on the outside we could understand how the gravity puts you know pushes us towards the earth but when the magnetic field goes inside, I could also understand if there's a tube in there or something, how gravity still exists in there. Do you know what I'm saying? Because mm, it's also keeping people grounded in there. Um, but then there's so many other layers. I mean, ancient Aztecs, Mayans, the Hopis, you know, they all understood that there's tunnels inside of the earth, you know, and it probably connects to many places on earth. Um, so that's always been interesting to me. Yeah. I feel like we don't even understand what's in the ocean, bro. We're already trying to discover space and we haven't even fully explored the ocean, bro. For real. We're still finding creatures down there, bro. Yeah, yeah, We're like, what the fuck is this <laughs> kind of squid, bro? It's crazy. You, you know, know what I mean? You know what blows my mind, too, is that how all these ancient civilizations were master astronomers and master, mm-hmm. like, mathematicians. Like, they knew about the stars Mm-hmm. their correct positions yeah they knew about uh the procession of the equinoxes mm-hmm. um they knew about 
you know, the North and South Pole uh, every like 72 to the years. T, bro. To yeah. the T. And it wasn't just like one without, culture. without microscopes, dude, without yeah. telescope, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, they, you know, and that was that wasn't just one culture. Sh- shamanic tribes throughout the world have known this, and it baffles like modern people because we're like, wait, y'all didn't have no telescopes? How do you guys? Even the smaller tribes understood the cycles of the of the um, stars. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, down yeah. to the Cherokee, down to the Chumash, the Hopi. You know what I mean? The smaller tribes, like they were they, so uh, connected, so connected, bro. And part of that couldn't be because. You know, they were in tune with the earth, bro. And, um, you know, they would use every every culture had some sort of substance where they used to exit the body and uh, and to go into the spirit realm. Either Do you know what I'm saying? Or, or some sort of yeah. psilocybin. And you learn from that shit. You know, they yeah. come back from the trip and you meet these spiritual entities that tell you what it is. You know, if you listen to the story of how ayahuasca was created, you know, um, the acacia you know, bush yeah well some of the uh, i forget what tribe it was in south america but they explained that the trees told us how to do it oh yeah the trees yeah. told us you know what i mean and so trees definitely have vibration they're very alive and they have memory and they can communicate you know what i mean there there is a i actually read about that um fuck what's it? i have it over here uh what book is it um anyways he talks about ayahuasca and he mentions that like you said, the trees told me how to do it. And in the Amazon rainforest, you know, it's a specific bark mm-hmm. that connects with these leaves. I think the mm-hmm. leaves has the DMT. The bark has the inhibitor that uh, in your stomach, the enzyme that mm-hmm. I'm butchering this. But right. um, anyways, they were able to find these two plants and bring them together to create this DMT yeah. in this huge, massive forest, which like. It's amazing, bro. Yeah. It's a, a, and I believe it was a, a combination of a few different plants. I think maybe three. Um, but the point is, is you know, they boil them and they extract this liquid. Have you tried DMT? Have you tried ayahuasca? I'm scared, bro. <laughs> I feel like um, I think I would definitely. Uh, it, it would probably induce some like psychosis, bro. I don't I feel think like- so. I don't think so. And I tell you that because I have tried it. Um, well, for me, because like even weed, mm-hmm. I think weed sometimes induces that i feel like mm. i'm just too scared to do it the difference is is that um i can see why weed is paranoid because it's paranoid me when i stop smoking for a few months like come back yeah you get a slight paranoia um but it's nothing like weed you know it's very caring you know i would start with dmt because dmt only lasts about five minutes you know you'll blast off and you know you think you're gonna have like this you have this like a little bit of panic at first, but then everything eases up, bro, because it literally takes care of you. You got to think about this has been around for centuries, bro. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I'm a close eye tripper, so I close my eyes and, uh, it'll, it'll give to you brother and it'll bring you back and it'll land you safely back in your seat. Mm. You know, it's very caring. Mm. And, uh, ayahuasca is a little different. I tried ayahuasca in, in Mexico city uh, in Xochimilco, um, two times, you know, and it's, powerful man it's very powerful um, but i feel like dmt is a little more powerful i blasted off a little more on my dmt trip mm. and yeah man i saw my ancestors bro in, in the form of energy different hues and they communicated certain things to me man i think I, everybody needs to go through that um it's not like mushrooms even you know how mushrooms are kind of a reflection of self yeah. you know if you take mushrooms if you've been holding in anger or pain or um, a resentment 
it's going to manifest. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what people call a bad trip. But really, it's a reflection of self. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I think that's necessary because you come out with perspective. And ayahuasca is different because it, it won't give you that that um, anxiety that mushrooms can give you. You know what I'm saying? It's mm. more caring, bro. It lifts you and it, and it takes care of you. It's it, it's weird to say that, but it really does. It no, lifts yeah, yeah. you up and, and, it, and it shows you shit, you know? Um, you just gotta, you just gotta know to get, let go of control. Yeah. Cause if you fight it. That's when the, that's when it happens. Yeah. I've heard it uh, um, explained as it's more of a feminine energy as well. I, I don't can see that cause the earth is feminine yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's caring in that regard. You uh-huh. know, it's like, um, you know, a lot of people have reported seeing different entities, but they all communicate. You know, some people have, have seen something not so pleasant. I like hearing about people's trips because some people see the same entities, bro. Mm-hmm. And and that just speaks volumes. You know, they describe yeah. them exactly the same. Yeah. And so there's something out there we don't understand. You know, if you understand dimensions, you know, we're in the third dimension, but there's 11 dimensions, bro. You know, the first dimension is singular. You know, it's consciousness, A right? Point, it's just point. like we are here. The second dimension is um, that duality, right? And then the third dimension, you know, it's a combination of both. Plus, allegedly, it is the most, it's the dimension where we experience the most, you know? And um, our souls need to go through this experience to understand pain, to understand love, to understand all these questions in order to evolve into the fourth dimension, which is uh, a more unity thing, you know? We don't, you don't feel pain uh, you know, in the fourth dimension, you don't feel these things. It's more like, um, you know, we're all one, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. unexciting is what I hear from, from certain people. Right. So the excitement, the, uh, the excitement they say is in the third dimension because, you know, we, we're able to experience all these things. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then once we evolve past this, it's like, um, we become more mature and, there's no more like tri- uh, tri- uh, trials and tribulations and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. I kind of like describe the third dimension as very, it's kind of like very dense. Like you're, you're kind of grounded to this reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that that can be a problem too, because we, we think that this is all there is. You yeah. know, we, we look in the material shit, we're influenced by material shit. And it's, as time goes on, it's harder for people to look in. Like we're talking mm-hmm. about ancient cultures. That's all they did is yeah. look in. You know what I mean? There's some people that remember their past lives, you know, and, you know, the the Mayans believed that we live and die three times. And they have this stone called the Mayan stone of death and rebirth. I've painted it a few times. It looks badass. Mm-hmm. It's like a skull um, or a face. Rather, it's a face with two split faces on the outside of that and then another two on the outside of that. Interesting. And so it's it's symbolic for um, we live and die three times. So, you know, our first life kind of dictates the direction that our life should go. The second life is usually the most painful because that's when we learn from mistakes and we learn um, it, it's it's very experienced. It can go either way is what it said. And the third life is similar to the first life, you know, where, um, you know, you find your purpose you know mm. what I'm saying? Where you're supposed to find your purpose. And I think that it's hard for people to um, find their purpose in a world full of material shit. You know what I mean? We don't look within enough. You know, we mm. don't we don't uh, have emotional intelligence as men. You know what I mean? We don't have the ability to be able to tell how other people feel. That's a female characteristic. You know what I mean? A female energy is more 
nurturing it's more maternal you know and they have more emotional intelligence us men we are more mental bro we're more mathematical equations logic boom point a to point b and so there's power in both you know and we need both in order to find a full balance so there's also not only a war on on the family but there's a war on genders as you know so so it's all the same plan you know to to skew us away from our, our 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 strength you know what i mean it's divide and conquer all over again yeah and even uh i've heard where rome as well uh i don't know if this is true or not but rome the beginning of the downfall of rome was when transgenderism kind of popped up and well, i don't know how true that is but it, it sound it, i mean to go against reality which you know the reality that scientifically if you're born with the xx chromosome mm-hmm. you're uh female you're born with the XY chromosome, you're a male in this reality. Right. I haven't heard of that, you know, as far as like the transgender thing in Rome. I do know that Rome had a, a lot of gay dudes. You know what I'm saying? You know, because if you think about like Egyptian culture, bro, they were like um, one of the last cultures that really praised the woman and honored the woman because women had power in Egyptian culture. It was more like a matriarchy in that sense, right? Mm. And then after uh, the fall of Egypt, then you have Greeks who are a lot of homosexuals in Greek culture as well. You know what I mean? And they idolize the man, you know, and they'd sculpt the fucking man all chiseled and shit. Yeah. And same same with Romans, you know what I mean? They idolize the man, big old rip dude with a baby baby dick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and they're also there's pedophilia that was uh, prominent in in Rome as well. Mm-hmm. And so they probably be understood um, you know, sexual magic, you know? And that's why you know, to go back to our homie, Aleister Crowley, not, yep. not our homie. No, but, uh, no, 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 no. Um, but, you know, Aleister Crowley, he understood the power of sex magic and he wrote a book where he explained uh, the power of sex magic. And there was a member of the Golden Dawn, the head of the Golden Dawn, who was pissed at this fool. He's like, what the fuck? This fool's revealing our seventh degree secret in his fucking book. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Fuck that. So he took a trip to go talk to Aleister Crowley and he's like, wait, what the fuck? Why are you releasing our seventh degree secret in your book? And he's like, what? What do you know? Boom, boom. And they started talking and then he made Aleister Crowley an honorary eighth degree member of the Golden Dawn. You know what I mean? And and that secret was sex magic, right? And so the reason why you hear a lot of uh, younger boys that get molested and violated is because when they're traumatized and, and they're they're raped, they were rele- they're male so they release uh the the, the male energy testosterone mm-hmm. you know it's like a male energy that they release and they then absorb that and what i believe is that when they do these acts in a certain way in a certain time in a certain place they're actually energetically feeding spiritual entities you know because they feed off of that fear and when you do that to a young girl then they give off the female energy and they really don't want too much of that you know what i'm saying interesting um but there's a lot of kids that are tortured ritualistically and not killed there and and there's other ones that are specifically for sacrificing yeah and they drink the blood and that's where we get the adrenochrome marina abramovich i mean there's a lot of occultists out there Mm. you know marina abramovich is is crazy because she's like 80 years old bro and she looks like she's like 40 you know what i mean like Mm. 40 50 years old and so it, it gives you, uh, it, it rejuvenates you, yep. you know. And now we know that if you take a young person's blood and you put it in an old person, they'll start producing cells again. Yep. You know, they'll start, uh, you know, building up bodily defenses, you know. And so we understand that blood is currency. Blood 
carries the information of all our ancestors. It records everything that we've been through. One gram of DNA, you know, can can record, I forget how many terabytes, bro, like hundreds of terabytes, right? And Harvard University created a hard drive, a DNA hard drive, where they actually can store information on DNA and extract it, you know? And so- That's fucking wild. Yeah, it's, it's wild, Fuck. man. Um, and so that's the time we're living in, man. And that's why it's so important to keep your own blood, you know? Uh, it's weird that we have people donating blood. We don't know where that blood goes. Or when you go to the hospital and they do blood tests, they take like three, four vials of that shit. Like, why so much? Shouldn't yeah. you just need a drop? Do you know what I'm saying? But it all gets cataloged and, and sent somewhere. But I think that's why it's important to not fuck with our DNA because it's sacred. You know what I mean? And so when people take these gene therapies that they've been taking. Um, not vaccines. RNA modifies your DNA. Yep. So when you take this, there's no telling, you know, what the result can be. A lot of doctors are saying, yo, this shit's breaking down your DNA strands. You know, when you have graphene oxide in these jabs you know it's something that that um graphene oxide is a superconductor it, it, it could conduct electricity uh like it's one of the best conductors right and it can also sequence certain sicknesses in your body you know now they you become like an antenna do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and one thing i tell people is like you know cell phone towers right every time we travel our phone is connecting to another tower yep if I'm over here online talking all this shit, fuck the government, fuck this, this, and that. You it, knows, it knows. It knows what tower you're it at. It knows exactly it knows your exact location, and it knows my exact identity, right? Yeah. So if I'm doing this enough, and, and certain people wanted to, they can beam me with a certain frequency to my phone, and I could be here kicking it with you, and I can be beamed up with some frequency <laughs> that might cause me sickness, right? Yep. Because I'm over here saying this shit, and so. The phone is is the new weapon, you know. We live in a time where technology is used against us. And there's a government document people should check out called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And it explains it perfectly. It explains radio frequency, how it's being used against us, the implications, all our emotions that vibrate at different frequencies and, and the ability to manipulate that. And so now if you have graphene oxide going through your blood, you just become like a superconductor yourself. You're a huge antenna, you know what I mean, mm. for whatever they want to project. And so, you know, it's just crazy because the towers are really uh, weapons. They're powerful enough to be weapons. It blows my mind that there's a there's a psychological, spiritual, informational warfare against us. Mm -hmm. And I think to bring it to a positive note, uh, the more we know about all this information, I feel like the more we can go against what's going on. Right. I think, And I think people need to just hear this or like learn about this stuff you know 100 and you know what it takes is mass compliance bro uh, uh mass uh non-compliance you know it's a long journey to get here bro it's a long journey to understand the way that the world is and i think that um for certain people that haven't been truth seeking you know if they get dropped with this truth tomorrow and and it just comes out they will go fucking mad, bro. They would, man. They would go crazy. Yeah. They wouldn't know how to internalize it. Because there was a time in my life where I was paranoid, you know, breathing the air just because of uh, the geoengineering and the chemtrails. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I was in fear because of the way the world was changing. I had this crazy mushroom trip, too, one time that just explained to me that they would 
people were made to starve on purpose, bro. And I felt like what it was like to die of starvation. Oh, yeah. And and this trip, man, made me cry for many hours, bro. I cried the rest of the night. I took like a, you know, a, a mushroom chocolate, you know, mm-hmm. that, and I held on to it for a while. But when I took it, it was it was intense, man. And at the time, I was learning a lot about the world and a lot about, um, you know, fraternal orders and history. And it all came down to like, you know, people being depopulated and it was sad as fuck. Mm. And I also saw reflections of my life and how I was wasting my life and what I should be doing, what my true purpose is. And I think that, um, yeah, man, it's just a sad world because, you know, internalizing all these truths, man, could take years. You know, if I, if, if I, I could sit here and tell someone like, yo, no, this is the way it is. There's spiritual vampires out there. There's people fucking trafficking children and, 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 and selling them off and killing them and sacrificing them for spiritual entities. If I'm telling you all this and there's a whole population of fucking entities underground, you know, that, that, uh, you know, are also feeding on us as humans. You know what I'm saying? Kids go missing. Hundreds of kids go miss thousands every year. If I confirm this with someone and like I can't convince one person, mm-hmm. but if the shit just came out on the front page in the news, some people wouldn't be able to internalize this, man. You know what I mean? They would go fucking crazy. Yeah. The the reality, their reality would be just destroyed. And, and the, tr- the, you know, the truth uh, that is what's actually happening. You know, it's, it's essentially it's the truth will set you free. hundred. It will eventually, man. But I, I, I could also see how. The truth kind of can trap you into like, you know, I mean, it sets your mind free, right? It sets you and and it frees you from the cages of uh, the way to think and the traditional world that we live in. We know that's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think with with, uh, the truth, you know, like if we know the truth about food, you know, and and the shit they put in the drinks and and water and uh, GMOs, if we knew that truth, then it kind of like... doesn't set you free you're more like reserved and you're like trapped within smaller options to eat well isn't it isn't it if you know if you know that stuff then you can make a better decision true but if you look you know where we're at you go to the store man we have all these fucked up options so we're 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 trapped amongst a small uh a few options of healthy food you know it's just a perspective to look at you know yeah Uh, it doesn't mean we're trapped but oh no we live in a world where we're just fed all this bullshit and it's like what do i eat because everything is really fucked up you know what i mean yeah no it is that is true um but i i see it as you know the more you know the truth it's like you can make better decisions and and and, you know i feel like if more people knew what's going on they would they would actually be enlightened and you know we wouldn't Man. be more trapped. Yeah, I think it's crazy because people don't even know what's coming, bro. People <sighs> don't even know what's coming in the next few years. I've been nerding out on this kind of shit since yeah, I same. was like, fuck, man. You know, I heard about the RFID chip back in 2008, bro, where they wanted to chip everybody. And they were putting people on the news, like mothers, saying, oh, yeah, I just got a chip in my hand. You know, it's easy because I go to the grocery store and I just yeah. scan my chip and it's just so much more convenient. Obviously, it's like an actor, paid actor saying this, but yeah. they're really pushing these RFID chips, you know. And if it wasn't for the religious sectors of America, like it would have passed. Right. Mm. So I thank them for that fight. But then fast forward 10 years or so. Now we have the technology to uh, nanoparticles, right? Yeah. You know, we breathe them in, bro. You know, who's to say that doesn't have graphene oxide in it that can also 
um, be potentially used against us. You know, same thing with anything we put in our bodies. So, um, you know, it's again a consent thing. You have to consent to this kind of shit. So people consented to to getting altered. Yep. In essence, you know, I even heard about the the one world currency probably when I was like in eighth grade or something like Mm -hmm. that, like 2010. Um, And now it's manifesting in the form of uh they're using blockchain, blockchain against us bro yeah, yeah. that's what it anything, is anything and why wouldn't they right if your goal is to control the world you're gonna ride the new wave and see how you can use that to your advantage yeah they're uh, gonna know every single transaction mm-hmm. on the blockchain it's gonna be public to the information uh it's gonna be public to the public mm-hmm. well you know it'll you know that's why decentralization is so important and that's why crypto was invented bro. yeah exactly it was invented so we can be decentralized from the banks you exactly. know it said that uh, Bitcoin was created by 11 programmers in the course of four years, right? There's no Satoshi. It's a made-up guy, right? Mm. Because if you think about it, you're creating an alternate currency. You're going to become an uh, uh, enemy of the state, number one, you know? Um, and so it was against the IMF. It was against how they trap countries into debt, right? Because we have debt-based economies all over the yep. world. And so they created... Federal Reserve. Yeah, Federal Reserve, IMF, you know. Um, and so that's why they created these technologies so we can have uh, a decentralized, free economy amongst ourselves, right? And it's it's a beautiful invention, man. If anything, that's one thing that's going to help save us, bro, in the end, um, you know, financially, right? I think it helps African countries better because they deal with hyperinflation so they could benefit the mm-hmm. most off of cryptocurrencies, right? But um, yeah, like you said, you know, XRP is a centralized uh, is a centralized currency. And so I feel like I don't fuck with centralized currencies because of that. You know mm. what I mean? Um, but yeah, they're going to release, you know, you heard of the Go- Georgia Guidestones, yep. right? It says it on there. And recently everybody's been posting about it because um, the shit got struck by lightning or some shit, you know? Yeah. And then obelisks are getting struck by lightning. Obelisks? Yeah. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, there's obelisks like around the world. Yeah. Freaking uh, DC, yep. uh, London. I just saw one that got struck and it got fucked up. So I don't know what the implications are. I don't know, but, what, that, I don't know what that's about. But, you know, in the Georgia Guidestones, it has commandments for humanity. Maintain population under 500 million. Unite the world under a common religion common language you what know? is it like do your social duties some shit like that well see that's all agenda it's, 21 shit yeah you know it's all masonic shit uh, like it was the people who funded it are believed to be masons man you know obviously they got loaned through the bank yeah some sort of uh fraternal order bro yeah um but no that shit's real and again they told us bro you heard about the at the very bottom or some shit like that there's a time capsule underneath that i did see that i like I, uh, who knows if they're I, I don't i doubt that it's gonna i don't know but they the demolished them now so yeah and that's weird that they had a camera pointing towards them huh just yeah. in case because huh. people have vandalized that shit a few times yeah, yeah they have yeah, yeah. graffiti and shit yeah dude i would love to graph <laughs> on that shit man fuck that um <laughs> but those are just signs man just telling us in our face you know telling us what the plans are and so if we understand that we kind of consent by uh not disagreeing and not going against it you know what i'm saying and imagine bro imagine if there was an emp that wiped out all electronics everything is online and how you know thinking about how fragile our society is and we're all reliant on electronics all this stuff what that would do to the population and how wild shit would get right and that's by design to make yeah. us to, to, to uh, steer us away from nature, right? Yeah. Um, you know, 
it can happen overnight, man. That's why you got to get you a solar power generator, son. You know what I mean? Uh, I got one. But I think about these things. Me and my homeboy, we kind of like we've been called doomsday preppers, you know, but we ain't doomsday preppers, man. We just stay ready. So we ain't got to get ready. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. Um, Stocking water. You know, I got uh, a lot of food stocked in, in, you know, five gallon buckets, you know, that I ordered um, that have the lifespan of 20 years. You can keep that stocked up. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, I got stackable five gallon waters. You know, I got solar generators, you know, these things, you know, weapons, you know, ammo. Ammo is yep. one thing I need more of. But, you know, these are all things in to prepare for because, um, yeah, if the power goes out, people don't know how to act. And also, we need to learn how to farm food. You know, we n- yep. need to understand how to grow food. We need to understand... Um, how to, well, uh, how to build communities as well, exactly. how to how to get people together. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what's really going to... It's going to come down to is uh, building communities and... Um, you know, having roles, like what role are you going to be in? Right. You know, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a freaking soldier? Are mm-hmm. you going to be a... And uh, see, that's one thing that we are trained to do in America is be independent. One thing I respect about China is that it's more of a unity thing. And it's like, it's all of us for one goal. But obviously then that gets communism. abused, right? It yeah. gets abused because the leaders do what the fuck they want. Yeah. But the beauty of it is, is that, um, you know, inherently in their culture, they understand the unity factor, the family structure. They understand they got to work together. Right. In America, like we're taught, OK, you go to school, you graduate, you go off to college and then you get a job and you leave your parents. Right. And then, you, you know, when they get old, you put them in a nursing home and whatever you got to do for that promotion, you get it, bro, because it's you. It's very independent. You know what I'm saying? We don't we weren't trained how to work in groups or as a community in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you have all this individualism going on. And um, true to our nature, we're tribal beings, brother. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So we are meant to be in groups. We are meant to work together because that's how you fucking build. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can make it on their own, even in the industry, like musically. Yeah. Like you can't, Facts. you could be the illest motherfucker, but yeah. if you don't have a team, yeah. you don't have a producer, you don't have a manager, publicist, engineer, you know, you don't have that structure. Yeah. Um, then you're just talent and you ain't going to go nowhere. You know, that's why a lot of whack motherfuckers get to high places because they have teams, you know, and it's really not even about whether your music's good or not. It's really just how you market yourself, you know, and how you move. Yeah. Um, and so the the group structure is so important in general to human beings, man. Um, but yeah, we're gonna go back to that, bro. Everybody's got to know their position and and based on the skills that they have. And uh, it's gonna be here sooner than later, man. I think I think now's the time where we need to start considering that we need to know our neighbors, bro. For sure. You know, we need to know who they are and and what they do. I think we need to start growing our own food. You know, if homie's growing potatoes over there and I'm growing oranges, then like we can trade like back in the day. You yep. know what I mean? Simple as that. But what I've been wanting to do is go to Mexico and get some real organic seeds from over there mm. and grow some fucking fruits. Um, mm, I'm big on fruits. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that I'm going to be starting a little fruit garden. Um, yeah, but, but what's important to me is the seeds. You know what I mean? Because that's what's really yeah. fuck, getting fucked up out here. We modifying everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, few last points. Um, imagine like uh, if there was a great flood or some something catastrophic happening. You know, the only thing that would stand are the great structures like the pyramids and like you know the Aztecs, mm-hmm. all these great. So I think they were left for a purpose. It, you know, if 100. something were to happen like that, they were even built strategically on energy points in the world that yeah. form the energy grid, right? Yeah. And so, what do we build? We build with wood, drywall, 
You know what I mean? We don't even build with concrete anymore, you know, no. which would have a greater chance of survival. Um, and that's why, though, these, these structures are amazing because, you know, not only are they built in certain energy points in the world, but they've also had information kept inside of them exactly. that can be passed to future generations. And there's also been evidence to support that pyramids are, um, you know, they've found, like, for example, underneath the uh, Teotihuacan pyramids in Mexico. I've gone there many times and they've found actual uh, channels underneath the pyramids that connect them all. Um, they same had, with Egypt. Right. Same with yeah. Egypt. And uh, they've found um, mercury, you know, under there mm -hmm. as a conductor, you know, that powers, you know, that connects everything. You know what I'm saying? And they found these little balls, you know, that were covered in like a metal that, uh, you know, it's like, what the fuck were they doing with this? Right. And, they, and same in Egypt. And actually... In China, too, the first yeah. dynasty, you know, the first dynasty, uh, um, they found that underground that it w there was evidence of mercury down there. And I it's don't like think those those pyramids in China get enough. Uh, nah. I, I barely figured out about them uh, like a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, shit, they, those exist. Yeah, no, it's nuts, man. <laughs> it's nuts. And, you know, there's pyramids everywhere in the world, bro. There's pyramids yeah. here in the United States, like down south, I think in like Alabama and shit. Um, there's pyramids in northern Mexico and Michoacan. There's pyramids in uh, Chile and Peru. Um, I mean, they're all over the world, yeah. bro. You know, so that they form an energy grid. They're for a purpose that we don't understand, you know, at the bottom of the pyramid over here. Hmm. You know? Damn. Well, man, that was a dope conversation. Hell yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Your music, your YouTube, the uh, lab? Yeah, you can find me at Contramantis with a K. K-O-N-T-R-A, Mantis. Uh, you could also find my shop under the Lab 805. You know what I mean? We do a lot of graphic design. We do murals, signs, all kinds of stuff, T-shirt printing. And, uh, yeah, man, you can find my music on all platforms. Contra Mantis. Uh, you know, I got a lot of music up there. Got a lot of music to come out. You know, I got the next single lined up. Um, and, you know, I got to really, you know, I'm going to be making an announcement soon, but I'm in the works of prepping something big i'm excited about you know what i'm saying hell but, yeah yeah man much appreciated cool. thanks for having me much uh, love you could also find us at 805 live by the way awesome. you know on instagram 805 live humanity project um to keep up with everything we doing over here man damn i want to talk more about that in the next one so like I, yeah. I don't think we got much into that but for sure. next one for sure let's get it man peace much love peace